Dwayne, the cousin, is an actual creep. So it's like, yeah, it's cool that he got murdered, sort of. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And Jamie is joining the show today to talk about The Kind Worth Saving, which is by Peter Swanson. Is that the name? That's good. You have a good memory. (laughs) That is it. That is it entirely. It just came out. I don't know when this will air, but it it is recent and it's a semi-sequel is what he is calling it to a book he wrote several years earlier called A Kind Worth Killing, which was kind of his breakout hit. It wasn't his first book ever, but, you know, as author fame goes, it's the one that got him uh, noticed and everybody was reading and talking about. So when this one came out, I was curious to see how they were linked and if it was any good. So it's several years in between the two books, right? How did it feel? Did it have a similar feel or was it, could you see that the author had grown in his writing style? Well, so interesting. He, I, I like him as an author. The first book I ever read was The Kind Worth Killing, but then he had several other books that have come out in between that are unrelated. The one I love the most is Eight Perfect Murders, which I think you I have, did a podcast you have that on here. So if you're a loyal listener, you can go back <laughs> and check out uh, the podcast for Eight Perfect Murders. Uh, and he has several other titles in between. And they all they all kind of feel different. I think he you know stretches in different directions in his writing, except this one, The Kind Worth Saving, is very similar to A Kind Worth Killing, both in like, well, there's two carryover characters, so that's, you know, kind of the link. But also the theme of, this is going to sound really bad, killing people who deserve to be killed, right? Okay. So, yeah, very so Dexter. Kind of like, yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. where I was going. It has that little Dexter element. And so the first book, I just, I'm going to backtrack and give a little backstory on the first book, which I remember it really distinctly because uh, it starts with a scene in an airport bar and you meet someone in an airport bar and decide to order martinis and then strike up this conversation. And in the conversation between Lily, who's the carryover character in both books, is talking to a gentleman and he discloses that he thinks his wife is cheating on him. And he's like, you know, I may have reviewed this book too a long, long time ago. But anyway, if it sounds familiar, but that's kind of the the backstory. The guy tells the lady at the airport bar, you know, I think my wife is cheating on me, kind of like I should kill her. And then Lily automatically is like, I can help you with that. (laughs) And then, you know, just kind of this loose martini conversation becomes serious. And there's a lot of plot twist in that book. You know, the characters, you think they have one motivation. You think they're doing something for a certain reason. And it's very twisty. Mm -hmm. And then that's always my favorite psychological thriller is when you don't see it coming, kind of the twist. So this book, Lily's back. She's fresh out of a mental institution. Lily's got some... Okay, that's the other thing. The author said, I read an interview he did once about Lily, which is like, what character are you the most proud of creating? And he's like, oh, Lily, you know, she's so complex. It's like I made a likable serial killer, which is where your Dexter comment, you know, comes in and I'm like, super weird because I don't really like Lily. I mean, it's just, you know, she's beautiful. Of course, she has to be beautiful. I think, you know, in a book, like wildly beautiful to get away with what she gets away with. But she's killed several people and always has a good reason, right? She always kills the the less likable character. Yeah. So maybe that makes her likable. Like the Mary Sue of murderers. Yes. Just yeah, like, so, it's okay, she, though, because I did the right thing in the end. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> sweet, but also I'll slit your throat. So, again, she's the carryover character and also this detective, Mr. Kimball, or Detective Kimball. In the original book, he's a detective, but he gets in this weird thing with Lily. She stabs him in the first book, and he ends up losing his job because he was actually stalking her 
Was like, he romantically interested in her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little inappropriate for a detective. So also not so likable, but he writes limericks. She's just so beautiful. Is though. he, <laughs> is he at least exactly super like, handsome? No, he <sighs> seems he seems more like a plain guy. Okay. I the author is just so funny. He lives on the East Coast, so all these books take place on the East Coast. On the and then he also has a cat. Almost in a lot of the books, there's a cat character shows up. And in real life, you know, on the back of the jacket, it's like the author lives in Massachusetts with his wife and cat, you know, and usually it says like two dogs or whatever, but he's a cat guy. So I'm a cat girl, (laughs) Um, not the cat girl. But anyway, I like the author. I like the cats. This one starts. Interestingly, the guy, the detective has lost his job as a detective. And now guess what he is. Do you want to take a guess, Katie? What do all... Private investigator. Say it louder, loud and proud. <laughs> is he a private investigator? He is. The only other job. job. Yes. <laughs> and what's kind of, it's not crazy, but he's a kind of failed writer, poet, and English teacher. He, he used to, his original <laughs> job, his OJ, his OG job, was as an English teacher. And this is important plot-wise. It comes back later. His first year teaching English to this class, there's a school shooting, but not a mass shooting like is in the news today. One of his students in honors English, of all things, pulls out a gun, kills another girl in the class, and then kills himself. And Detective Kimball, this is English teacher Kimball, was unable to stop it, kind of froze. Mm -hmm. And so guess what he does to kind of make up for that? He becomes a cop so he can save people and do the right thing. But Mm -hmm. his career goes off course when he falls in love with the beautiful likable serial killer Lily. And in this book, the new book, The Kind Worth Saving, he's in his private investigator's office and a client new client comes in and she is a former student of his when he was the English teacher and was in this honors English class when that shooting went down but now her husband is cheating on her and she's positive of it she just needs absolute proof so she hires detective Kimball the PI her former English teacher to kind of follow her husband or like whatever get get the proof yeah and in the course of that job he Oddly, sleeps with one of the people he's supposed to be following with, not the husband, but that's a whole new book. But with the mistress, mm-hmm. you know, he's following her and he ends up meeting up with her at, you know, happy hours and stuff. And they strike up conversations so that he can get more information yeah. from her. She must be absolutely beautiful, too, or he's yeah. just a sucker because... They end up spending the night together, but then he still has to follow her and the, you know, cheating husband. That's a big theme in in these books, right? Cheating. And follows them to their rendezvous location, which isn't the realtors, so it's an open house. Or like not an open house, but like a house that's for sale, like the perfect place. And they end up, he hears gunshots and he walks in and they are dead. They have been murdered. Maybe also in a murder-suicide, but maybe not. Maybe it was Lily all along. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I don't want to give too much away, but the detective, because he's so smart, starts to think, you know, I think that was a setup. You know, what... What is this Joan, this former student of mine, like, what is she up to? What is she about? And he kind of remembers, oh, my gosh, she was in that class, right? When, But that was... that She couldn't have had anything to do with it. But he does, you know, he puts a Mm -hmm. few two and twos together. And it turns out, and this is what I like about the book... It does switch time and it goes back to the... I'm having a hard time dating the books because I'm like, maybe that's just like the 2000s. But to <laughs> me, it seems like it would be the 1980s. To to her childhood, this Joan, or her teenagehood, where she is staying at one of those fancy East Coast resorty things with her parents, like those old fashioned things. And also at the resort at the same time is a classmate of hers named Richard. 
and Richard's cousin, Dwayne, who's a real creep. And he makes some unwanted advances to Joan while they're on the beach. And so Joan and Richard are talking in the library. This sounds like a clue game, right? Yeah, it does. And it was he's like, oh, I can't stand my cousin. I wouldn't care if he was dead. And Joan's like, I can help you with that. <laughs> so sort of... <laughs> This author has this like weird obsession with women who are like, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll, <laughs> I'll help, help you murder, murder them. the bad guy. <laughs> but and and kind of that theme, like Dwayne the cousin is an actual creep. So it's like, yeah, it's cool that he got murdered, sort of. So there was that murder slash accident, right? Mm-hmm. And then the the situation in the classroom where there was the girl killed and blah blah blah. What are all the connections? Like the same people, the same high school, same place, same time. And he starts to really put the pieces together and decides you know, he's going to close in on the truth. But then something happens and then Lily comes back. Oh, but also like in the meantime, when he thinks he's like onto something, he goes to Lily. Not only because he has a crush on her. Remember, this is the lady that stabbed him in the other book. But he forgave her because he was legit stalking her. So he's like, I wasn't the wrong. I was. (laughs) I can see where you might want to stab me. And so who would be better to get advice from about like a potential serial killer than a likable serial killer. So he goes to her house and picks her brain and then something happens to him and then she's Johnny on the spot and she gets all twisted and up in that business. So do you feel like either of the two main characters, like the carryover characters, grew in this book compared to the first? (laughs) No, I think that's like history repeats. Yeah, Yeah. totally history repeats itself. A (laughs) hundred percent. It sort of reminds me that Carolyn Kepnes, I don't know how to say her last name, the one that wrote the You series. Oh, Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, you could argue that by the last book, maybe that serial killer had evolved or not like <laughs> because the same thing keeps happening mm-hmm. so much so that I stopped reading her books right the you books that just was like oh come on yeah but you know if that said if this became a third book I would probably read it just to see what happened but honestly don't really care about Lily or this other guy like they're just so I mean they're they're so flawed but it's not even that interesting how they're flawed they're flawed in a, it, it almost feels like they're flawed in a very like intentional way, like yeah, yeah. to make them interesting. Like they're interesting flawed, not real complex. Complex. Flawed, yeah. yeah. Yes. And also any time a main character has an interest in writing or a hobby in writing, I'm always like, hmm, did you write yourself in there? A yeah, bit? that was a little bit. <laughs> it was with a cat and all. And it was funny that in that same interview. Oh, I the read, detective, the PI has a cat too? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yes. Okay. It's a common theme. But the I did read an interview about how he names his characters. That was one of the questions, yeah. right? And like Detective Kimball, I think like Kimball was his grandmother's name or something like so it's intentional. He's like the only thing I don't ever do is name characters after my exes because they might think that I was like plotting to kill them, right? Because <laughs> these books have a lot of murder. A lot of murder. A lot of murder. This is why you have to be careful when you date writers. Yes. Or or Taylor Swift. Right. That's exactly. There's a lot of cliches. Like there's Mm -hmm. a lot about these books that are cliche, but I do like them because I just, that's one of my favorite genres when I can't read anything else is psychological fiction. And I always hope for the big twist and I always hope I didn't see it coming and (laughs) all of that. And there's, there's some, he does a few interesting things in this book that I was like, oh, you're clever. But then also... Is it on the, on the scale of fiction? Is it, is it falling kind of like in a comfort read where 
yeah, yeah. You're, you're like i don't expect huge things from you but i expect the feeling to be the feeling that i like when and, i read this book and i really that's a great way to put it katie my comfort read is psychological fiction mm-hmm. and i do have expectations and one of my expectations is that i like power through it like that the desire to read it over it is stronger than the desire to watch bad tv yeah <laughs> um, and this book actually didn't get me quite there like oh, okay. i read it like on some vacation and stuff and on to get away but if i was home on the couch and like there was good bad tv on <laughs> which we can discuss my version of good bad tv <laughs> off air because it's pretty embarrassing <laughs> i often chose the TV, the TV show yeah. and I had to be like oh I really need to finish that book so that I can move on to the next one so what is the next one oh for, so yes I'm gonna go off of psychological fiction because it's hard it's hard to find a really great mm-hmm. psychological thriller like that is unexpected and different I'm going to read Emily Henry's new book that's called happy place okay she wrote book lovers and mm-hmm. um it's also not it's very chiclety you know with yeah the, the pretty pink covers and the like but, a nice illustrated. Yeah. But it cover. it is kind of like the Hallmark movies at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You can usually count on her to to deliver. And that it's very popular right now, so it must be doing well. And then I'm going to stretch myself and read what I used to read. That used to be my jam. I would read literary fiction. Oh, I didn't realize you kind of stopped that for a while. I know. I just, my attention span shrunk. I just, yeah, yeah it was kind of sad. So I'm like, I need to exercise that muscle and The Covenant of Water, Abraham Vergesi, who wrote Cutting for Stone, which one of my top 10 books. That book was brilliant. I was sort of disappointed that this one is an Oprah book, not because he doesn't deserve it. It's just like when someone asks me what I'm reading, I want it to sound interesting. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's the Oprah book. And I think the other one might be the Jenna Bush or Hager yeah. Bush one. but it, I understand. It's a double-edged sword. You're excited that people are being exposed to good literature, but you're also like, no, everyone's going to read it. Yeah, and they're going to think gonna be it's the normal. Smart, <laughs> not going to be the smartest one at the party anymore. Yeah. But yeah. But As I someone really who's like. currently listening to Atomic Habits, I completely get it, but sometimes these books are acclaimed for a reason. So. Yeah, no, because they are. That's right. Yeah. That is right. That is, and went, honestly, like half the time it is because they are good and Oprah has a team of people who knows what is good and and appeals to the public but it doesn't stop me from wanting to be a cool hipster who's read books that other people haven't to impress them yeah do you think oprah listens to our podcast probably yeah because i (laughs) because oprah i would be an excellent addition to your team of readers yes (laughs) or reese witherspoon who also listens to the podcast yes i would also be yes yeah her selections are very good and then i was thinking about as i knew i was coming in to do the podcast like his this peter swanson guy his books would be pretty good miniseries like or you know that yeah netflix whatever whatever so i was like surely someone's thought of that and i did look up and many many years ago like six years ago the first book the kind worth killing it was optioned oh okay and kind of like died in the when someone buys the rights right if they don't do it no one else can do it Mm. so that's kind of sad because this would be a good season one and season two yeah uh situation these two books together i think you could do it pretty well Mm -hmm. do you think reese witherspoon is listening to our podcast 100 percent. reese listen you should see if those options are available because you make pretty good book to movie or yeah yeah, book to tv yeah so i think this would be a good choice for you i always tweeted at reese so i know that she sees it do you tweet no i don't you should (laughs) you should don't do that she would i bet she'd come on our podcast yep (laughs) you gotta aim high yeah so Since you've said that this book didn't quite hit the mark for you or scratch that itch for psychological thriller, what was the last psychological thriller that you read that you were just like, 
this does it for me. Boy, it's not it's not in my contract that you send me these questions in advance. I know I should. <laughs> it's like, I think you need to check that. I don't know about the last, but like ones that just stand out. The first time I read you, like the that was great to me because it was different. William Landry wrote Jacob's something. Loved that had an ending that I just did not see. And I think he has a new book out. I wanted to look for Silent Patient, maybe. I didn't. I okay. am not the biggest fan of Silent Patient. It was very popular, and I mm-hmm. I went back and read it later. It wasn't my favorite. There's been like some Mary Kubica ones that I like, but but then as time goes, I like them less. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to think of the last. I was never a psychological thriller person until I went on a an extended vacation, and I brought like two or three like psychological like thriller books with me. And something about reading them on vacation, I'm like, this is the perfect place to read like creepy psychological horror stuff because you're just like sitting in the sun, basking and and just reading about a stalker. And you're just like, this is great. Yeah. And this isn't my life. And I totally agree. Like reading literary fiction on vacation, while it's possible for some, right, mm-hmm. you want something with shorter chapters that has a lot of plot movement, like the plot is going yeah. so that you want to find out what happened and if it's got enough of an you know an intrigue situation where you're not quite sure what's happening it makes you want to read it and you can spend hours by the pool yes i I, that is always what i take on vacation all right those are all the questions i can think of yeah so thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations bye bye